702. World of Work. So, here's what we're talking about on our World of Work feature today. Team building. Um, how do you build the best team in your organization? How do you assemble the best of the best to be part of your team? Good teamwork is obviously essential for a business to succeed. That's why you must be, I think, intentional about building a high-performance team. You know, that work involves more than just randomly bringing together a group of talented individuals, right? For a team to be effective, its members must unite with the same vision and be motivated to bring that vision to life. They must share clear, measured goals and be committed to each play their part in the overall success of that group. But where do you even begin? Where do you begin to build that kind of a team? That's the discussion we're having. And if you're an executive or a team leader with an excellent, effective, high-performing team, how did you assemble that team? I'd like you to share your experiences with us and some tips on 011-883-0702. Or send a WhatsApp on 072-702-1702. Um, I know that a lot of people approach team building in their organizations in, in different kind of ways so um, you can share with us how you have gone about approaching that team team building i mean assembling the team that you you currently have uh, joining us now via zoom is lauren clark who's the head of people at mint group lauren thank you for making time for us good morning hi clemens great to be here thank you so su- successful teams always have a particular common goal right does the team have to come up with that goal or should it be the team leader's goal? How do you get people to be rallied around that goal that's going to make this business a success? Yes, great question. So um, I think for for real success, which is deeper than just what what we see, you know, you read about results or you see um, top performers and that, and it's, it's the very tip of the iceberg. But the real success lies in alignment and to build a team that's aligned with the organization, um, there needs to be a true buy-in from that team, from those individuals into what this organization's strategic goals are and the direction that the organization is taking. Um, And when you have buy-in, it becomes easier to create alignment and to create support and then you you start getting a high performing team so it's very unlikely that a new team is just going to hit the ground running as a top performing team straight off the bat Mm. it takes time to understand each other and to understand each other's strengths to leverage those strengths and then also to manage the less strengths if we if we be diplomatic about that and ensure that the team complements each other um and i think it needs to be a very intentional activity by an organization to invest in the team they're creating to support their organizational goals uh-huh so uh, how important then is like something like diversity for instance in that team when you are assembling and building a good effective high performing team because i imagine you know it always helps to hear you know different perspectives 
from different people and i'm not i'm not just talking you know racial diversity i'm talking gender diversity uh, i'm talking just people from different backgrounds people from different ages as well is that a big factor in you know having teams that are so successful is that because sometimes that is rooted actually in the diversity of that team absolutely clement um, I think a number of organizations who recruit, recruit replicas of their CEO or their top performers land up with a very um, mono-focused organization. And of course, then it can be very easy to fall apart because you're only focusing on one thing or you're only prioritizing one behavior. When you have a diverse team and you're building teams that are diverse, absolutely, there are a number of demographic diversities that add tremendous value. But I think one of the most significant levers for diversity is experience. And that's not just the technical experience for the role or within that organization, that specialization, but life experience. Um, and I think you know, the more that you can, as an organization, tap into a diverse pool of talent, um, you get access to tremendous knowledge and experience and insights that can only enhance your team performance. And it also makes those teams more relatable to other teams because they are they don't all look the same and if i don't look like that then where's my place in this organization mm, mm. diversity creates um visibility it creates relatability and it also creates pathways where people can see somebody who looks like me or comes from a background like me is progressing within this organization there's then there is also an opportunity for me yeah, I mean, imagine having the same people who also who think alike. Do do we celebrate enough in these teams? Just even the diversity of views, where Lauren and Clement are in the same team, but they may differ on on a particular pitch that they're making or on a particular view. Because sometimes I feel like we're not celebrating that. We see it as a you know, we see it as a sort of like a setback when in fact it's not. It's an opportunity for us to just hear each other out. And often great ideas don't come from people who just agree with each other from the onset, but they come after some serious debate and some serious diverging views um, that have come. Absolutely, Clement. And I think before we can celebrate those views, organizations need to create a safe environment for people to raise those views because if if people don't feel they can challenge ideas or they can innovate then they won't and you will always get what you've always got mm -hmm. and so it's very important for organizations and and it goes back to to my opening comments about you need to be intentional about building your teams and creating this safe environment for people to speak up. And once you create that, you then get that opportunity to celebrate their contributions and the impact that it has, the changes that are made, the innovation, the inspiration that it, you know, it, it drives within the organization. Mm -hmm. 011-883-0702. And speaking of diverging views, do you work in a team, perhaps you are scared to differ 
with your team leader or your manager or the executive there in your workplace, how do you navigate scenarios where you actually have a different view or you actually don't think the idea is going to work? Yeah? Where, wherever you work, has the space been created where you can be comfortable to raise your hand and say, mm, actually, I don't think that could work. Whether it's got the support or the endorsement of the team leader or not, or are you working in an environment where it's just fear and people are just taking whatever the team leader is saying and they're running with it. Not only, not, 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 not just because they don't have other ideas, but because that's just the culture that's been created. We're talking about teams and building the right teams for your organization. And, and I want you to share your experiences with us, whether you are a team leader, a manager, an executive, and maybe you do have an, excel, an excellent, effective, high-performing team. How did you assemble that team? Um, please share those tips with us. How have you approached team building in your organization? You can WhatsApp us on 0727021702 or call us on 0118830702. James, you are in Johannesburg. Hi. Hey, James. Hi. Hi, Clements. Good morning. How are Good you? Good morning, man. I'm all right. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Clements, um, the discussion you're having is so important at the moment um, in the workspace. Mm. Um, having diversity in a team is a fantastic thing, but if you don't have trust behind it, mm. people are going to be too scared to put up their hand and say, well, listen, I have a view around that. So once you can build trust in a team um, and they trust each other, then they will be able to put up their hand and saying, what about this idea or what do you think about that? And you're not going to get ridiculed or your ideas just bob aside. And often we miss out on that in our teams. And there's another aspect to it as well that I've discovered is the way our brains genetically process information. And this is across many different cultures and, and, and organizations around the world. You know, some of us will, will process it in a chaotic way. Other people will process information in a very linear, organized way. But neither of them are right or wrong. It's been able to have that trust to bring about your views. And then people will start saying, well, yes, I can put up my hand and um, mm. say something. And my view will be taken on. You know, we always talk about values in a company, but it's behaviors behind those values that drive that. And the culture of that is so important. If you've got a good culture of trust built in your organization where people are heard and seen, then you'll get a lot more ideas coming through and you will build a stronger team. So they're not going to be working only for, I'm trading my time for money. I'm trading my time because I can see the objective and mm. I know I'm a valued part of this team. Oof, what, a, what an important point you're raising there, James. Thanks for calling, man. Uh, James in Johannesburg. And Lauren, that's it, right? At the end of the day, it's also about trust. And So how do you go about cultivating that trust within your team? Yes, absolutely agree, Clement, and a great comment there from James. Um, you know, in in the traditional sense, trust was, um, you know, it was forced upon us. You know, we just had to trust the boss because that's how organizations were structured. Um, and I think what the last decade has shown us, um, way before the pandemic changed the way of work, was that this trust is a partnership. It's a, you know, trust um, requires being trustworthy 
Um, and so it's a partnership. And I think if um, one of James's comments was about the, the behavior, you know, what is the observable behavior? Um, are you trustworthy? And do you trust your team around you? And that creates further trust, you know, so, tr you know, trust, trust breeds trust. Um, and it, it does require from the leadership team that level of vulnerability to trust the organization and demonstrate this trust um, because they're dealing with new people, they're dealing with people that might be very wary of, of um, a new culture or a new environment. And so the leadership team demonstrates this trust and trustworthiness through their consistent behavior, their aligned behavior, um, and by dr driving their values, living and breathing their values. And this opens up this trust relationship, which creates dialogue and discourse. Yeah. Mongezi, you're calling us from Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Um, so my question is around maintaining diversity of thoughts in a team or within team dynamics. A lot of the time, the idea of diversity which you've addressed is around people from different walks of life, different races. But the more you spend time with people in the team, the more you become, call it, agreeable with each other. The more you pitch ideas that are agreeable to the whole, even though you were diverse to begin with, even mm -hmm. though you are still diverse. How then do you maintain the diversity of thoughts that moves organizations and work forward when you are, you know, within the same, call it, community or team where you become more and more similar than you are different. Mm, okay. Uh, Bongezi, thank you so much for, for the question. Lauren, does that happen a lot right. in a team where people start losing their individual just thought process um, and unique ideas because they're in this system? So they start, start the beginning to think the same. Yes. Um, great observation because, it, you know, that's a natural occurrence of a team, you know, um, eventually people, um, I know what that person's going to say. I've worked with them for so long. I know how they're going to, what they're going to say or how they're going to challenge me. And so I either moderate before that or uh, I go, oh, I know you're going to say that. Don't worry, we'll come to that later. Um, and so, one, it requires consciousness, you know, diversity, maintain diversity to be conscious about this. It, it needs to be an intentional activity and a, and a a behavior that you're thinking about, it becomes the way we do it. You know, um, I think if we just look around us and, and think about all of the relationships that we have around us, how many of them are just organic because this is how it's always been and we don't really challenge those relationships. And so there's a number of things that teams can do to, to keep the fire burning, so to speak. And I think one would be, um, to, to have a very specific devil's advocate role where, where somebody is put in that seat and uh, on purpose, intentionally. And that day or that meeting, they're the devil's advocate and they then are the one, you know, providing alternative views or challenging views. And that will also keep the dynamic of the team, um, ready for challenge and change. The second thing would be not to let teams stagnate, not to let teams kind of always be together, the same people are always working together, because that level of familiarity, while there are a number of advantages to it, it can create this um, 
apathy towards challenge and innovation. And so it would be a good idea to mix teams up a little bit or to take team members into different environments and observe what other teams are doing and take that back to their team. Mm. Um, and I think it's it just requires that, you know, diversity is not something that just happens and once um, once you've ticked all the boxes, age, uh, race, gender, um, disability, religion, whatever your diversity boxes are, you sit back and, and you are, oh, well, we're diverse. It's an active engagement every day. And, you know, it requires those teams to stay involved with challenging each other um, and to identify when they're getting complacent. And does that need do you know, should I, should we include another manager in here that we know is going to challenge us or should we add new people to this team? Um, identify what is the best course to take so that we are maintaining and and enhancing our diversity. Mm, yeah. So, so sometimes with teams, and, and I know it, it sometimes it works, right? Teams are often most productive when they have these well-defined roles. But how important is it to just consider experimenting with new ideas, right? Um, and, and maybe you, you introduced experimentation into your standard workflow, you know, trying making time for some brainstorming before starting a project. Could that assist in perhaps dealing with that fear that Mongesi was raising of people beginning to now start thinking the same? So when you're embracing that culture of experimentation more regularly? Yes. I think absolutely. Um, one thing I would say is know your team. Not everybody is an innovator, you know, so a lot of people are very comfortable to be the worker bees who are on their pathway and they're getting their job done and they're doing it well. Um, and so it, one is to also know the makeup of your team and, you know, who are the innovators? Who are the out of the box thinkers? And cr- create opportunities for them to, to bring their ideas and their thoughts to the team without disrupting the team because there's a time and a place for team disruption but it can't be an everyday occurrence because then your your worker bees the people that are are getting the the bulk of the work done um and it might be routine work or it might be you know this is how we do it and um, we can't disrupt them without you know impeding the organization's goals um, and so it's important to, to know your team well enough to know, to lean into your, um, your, um, challenges, you know, lean into the innovators and get their input and, and definitely create a time and a place for it. You know, it could be formal. It could be informal. And um, there could be company wide opportunities to share innovation or to create research and development opportunities where um, your teams can work on new solutions or different ways of doing things with an entire team. Um, But I think the core of this is to just know that you've identified the right people. And that includes, you know, not all challenges are loud and outspoken. Somebody might be quite quiet, but they have something to contribute. So it's important not to overlook them. Um, But it's very important not to disrupt performance and team performance just for the sake of innovation and and um change mm. how important is the issue of, of accountability because uh, in any effective team i imagine 
accountability is a critical tool. You, you've got to be able to be accountable to, to each other. 100%. And accountability is core to every single role in every single organization. Um, you know, a lot of people attach accountability to leadership positions and, and it sits there. And that's completely incorrect. You are responsible for your role and you're accountable for the outcome of your role. Um, and I think it should be a core requirement across all organizations for non-technical training um, is understanding accountability and recognizing what you're accountable for and who you're accountable to. Um, and I think the more visible accountability is, the easier it becomes for teams to, to speak up and to be open and to, to really communicate better with each other. Mm, that's, that's so important. Lauren, thank you so much for making time for us. Um, Lauren Clark is the head of people at Mint Group. I thought it was important that we have a conversation about building an effective high-performing team. Uh, there are many organizations out there that have got incredible teams. Uh, there's a lot of intention that's gone behind building those high-performing team. And that's why I wanted Lauren to give us some tips. Maybe you're a manager, uh, maybe you're an executive still deciding on how to assemble a team. Maybe you're studying a business and you just want to bring in people who share a common vision with you, but people who are also going to be effective in seeing the success of that organization, of that company. That takes us to exactly 1130.